Warhorse. In the old school they use now for the village hall, below the clock that has stood always at one minute past ten, hangs a small dusty painting of a horse. He stands a splendid red bay with a remarkable white cross emblazoned on his forehead and with four perfectly matched white socks. He looks wistfully out of the picture, his ears pricked forward, his head turned as if he has just noticed us standing there. To many who glance up at it casually, as they might do when the hall is open for parish meetings, for harvest suppers or evening socials, it is merely a tarnished old oil painting of some unknown horse by a competent but anonymous artist. To them the picture is so familiar that it commands little attention. But those who look more closely will see, written in fading black copperplate writing across the bottom of the bronze frame, Joey, painted by Captain James Nichols, autumn 1914. Some in the village only a very few now, and fewer as each year goes by, remember Joey as he was. His story is written so that neither he, nor those who knew him, nor the war they lived and died in, will be forgotten. Chapter 1 My earliest memories are a confusion of hilly fields and dark, damp stables and rats that scampered along the beams above my head. But I remember well enough the day of the horse sale. The terror of it stayed with me all my life. I was not yet six months old, a gangling, leggy colt who had never been further than a few feet from his mother. We were parted that day, in the terrible hubbub of the auction ring, and I was never to see her again. She was a fine, working farm horse, getting on in years, but with all the strength and stamina of an Irish draught horse quite evident in her fawn hindquarters. She was sold within minutes, and before I could follow her through the gates, she was whisked out of the ring and away. But somehow I was more difficult to dispose of. Perhaps it was the wild look in my eye as I circled the ring in a desperate search for my mother, or perhaps it was that none of the farmers and gypsies there were looking for a spindly-looking half-thoroughbred colt. But whatever the reason, they were a long time haggling over how little I was worth before I heard the hammer go down and I was driven out through the gates into a pen outside. Not bad for three guineas, is he? Are you, my little firebrand? Not bad at all. The voice was harsh and thick with drink, and it belonged quite evidently to my owner. I shall not call him my master, for only one man was ever my master. My owner had a rope in his hand and was clambering into the pen, followed by three or four of his red-faced friends. Each one carried a rope. They had taken off their hats and jackets and rolled up their sleeves, and they were all laughing as they came towards me. I had as yet been touched by no man, and backed away from them until I felt the bars of the pen behind me and could go no further. They seemed to lunge at me all at once, but they were slow, and I managed to slip past them and into the middle of the pen where I turned to face them again. They had stopped laughing now. I screamed for my mother and heard her reply echoing in the far distance. It was towards that cry that I bolted, half charging, half jumping the rail so that I caught my off foreleg as I tried to clamber over and was stranded there. I was grabbed roughly by the mane and tail and felt a rope tighten round my neck before I was thrown to the ground and held there with a man sitting, it seemed, on every part of me. I struggled until I was weak, kicking out violently every time I felt them relax. But they were too many and too strong for me. I felt the halter slip over my head and tighten round my neck and face. So, 
You're quite a fighter, are you? said my owner, tightening the rope and smiling through gritted teeth. I like a fighter. I'll break you one way or other. Quite the little fighting cock you are. But you'll be eating out of my hand, quick as a twick. I was dragged along the lanes, tied on a short rope to the tailboard of a farm cart, so that every twist and turn wrenched at my neck. By the time we reached the farm lane and rumbled over the bridge and into the stable yard that was to become my home, I was soaked with exhaustion and the halter had rubbed my face raw. My one consolation as I was hauled into the stables that first evening was the knowledge that I was not alone. The old horse that had been pulling the cart all the way back from market was led into the stable next to mine. As she went in, she stopped to look over my door and nickered gently. I was about to venture away from the back of my stable when my new owner brought his crop down on her side with such a vicious blow that I recoiled once again and huddled into the corner against the wall. Get in there, you old rat bag, he bellowed. Proper nuisance you are, Joey. I don't want you teaching this young and your old tricks. But in that short moment, I had caught a glimpse of kindness and sympathy from that old mare that cooled my panic and soothed my spirit. <laughs>